Sensitivity is intelligence. With grace and skill, you have abundance. Welcome to the Psychic Hour. Host Kelly Brickle is a psychic medium healer, numerologist, and teacher. Her passions are learning about the soul and energy. Whether it's through spirit, emotion, or vibrational numbers, there's always a pathway of information waiting to help. Now, here is your host of the Psychic Hour, Kelly Brickle. Everybody and welcome to a Monday episode of the Psychic Hour. We'll be having Cindy Keza with us today, which is awesome. And we're going to be diving in a little bit to the topic of surrendering before we begin. So I hope everyone's having a fresh start to their week, um, that the energy is good for them. We had the full moon the last couple of days. And my goodness, the full moon is always interesting energy. Um, some people are really sensitive to the full moon, especially if they're energy sensitive. And some full moons are more intense than others. And I feel like, you know, over the last couple of days, that full moon energy was a little bit more intense than average, but that's just me. So it's always kind of like nice to talk about that with your energy sensitive friends. Um, how's that moon working for you, right? Do you feel more emotional? Do you feel like high on a wire? Some people can't sleep very well during the full moon. Um, some people are just getting more hits, right, um, with how they feel about others, um, just way more attuned on certain levels, or like really like high on the wires, so like nervous, nervous energy is very common around that time. Um, so, yep, it was a weird one, but it's kind of like evened out. So it's like, ah, okay. Um, I want to talk about surrendering um, for a little bit. And I think it's such an important topic. It's a topic that comes up so much within spirituality, so much within psychic mediumship development, unfoldment, um, and really it can go so many different ways with what it means. It's really at its core, seeing yourself and allowing for yourself, feeling yourself, knowing yourself without judgment, and just letting things be. Same with others, surrendering to the situation, surrendering to what's around you, what's inside of you, being neutral, right? Just observing and going, oh, <laughs> that's what's going on. Okay. All right. I, I kind of thought it was this, kind of thought it was that. Um, but if I quiet myself and observe, it's more like this. And that takes time to unravel. That takes time to unfold. That's why that word unfoldment is usually used because there's layers peeled back. Um, what you thought five years ago is going to be different when you're in the present and 10 years down the line. Um, you know, we change. Sometimes other people change us. Sometimes we change ourselves. Um, within spirituality, we change by surrendering change by observation mm -hmm. and it really is a journey for the truth it's a journey to find answers um do we always have to have an answer no but if we do the work the answer usually comes and finds us not maybe the one we were particularly looking for but an answer does find us and it gives us one more step into the direction we were going of Mm -hmm. in the vibration of what does this all lead to? 
So I want to offer just the question for yourself. How have you been surrendering it within your own spirituality? There's so many different things that we can do. Traditionally within mediumship, um, you know, we sit in the power or we meditate and we put ourselves in an environment where we can have spirit come to us. And in the beginning stages, we kind of wonder if it's even working. We wonder if, you know, who's around? Um, is it loved ones? Is it our guides? Is it our team? We wonder who, you know, is in our presence. And sometimes it's a scary thing too. I think when we're first learning about energy, we're learning about, you know, good and bad energy and the concept concepts of good and evil. And my goodness, that is something that will persist along the journey. We go, what are these fundamental concepts of what make up what drive people like the universe, right? But it all starts within our first days too. We're like, who am I connecting to? What am I connecting to? And you have to have some type of surrender to feel something new that you've never experienced before. But you have to have also some type of surrender to actually understand and know what's happening and not just your fear set in. Your fear of stopping yourself from feeling and experiencing and your fear of stopping yourself from actually communicating with the soul that is around you. And that could be on a psychic level as well. You know, sometimes we're meeting somebody, right? And it could just be out and about or, you know, maybe we're helping them with something and we have these preconceived notions of, oh my gosh, maybe they won't like us. Maybe uh, they don't want to talk to us. Maybe they're having a bad day. And psychically, maybe there is some of that, but that is not the entirety of that person's soul that you are communicating with, meeting the moment with. And to really see the truth of the person beyond just who they are in that moment or who they are in the day, I promise you, you can connect to them if you surrender your expectations, your observations on just that surface level and just observe deeper and deeper. And we're constantly taking breaths through our surrenders because everything I'm talking about, it really meets a head when you get into the energy of fear, okay? Whether you are, let's say, performing in front of people with whatever you're doing, let's say you're a platform medium, let's say you're doing a one-on-one -on -one session, or let's just say you are, you know, tuning into the environment of the situation with a friend or family member, there's going to be sometimes things where you're like, I don't know if I should be saying this. I don't know if I should be doing this. And that feeling comes mixed within, you need to speak up, you need to do this, right? Um, that surrendering is allowing yourself to hear something deeper, see something deeper, feel something deeper than your own fear. So sometimes, yeah, we're just going to be picking up on things and our mind's going to be like, mm, maybe, maybe that's not exactly the route. Right? Maybe that's not exactly what I'd like to do in this moment. And that's fine. We all have choice. We all have free will. And sometimes your intuition is right on with the situation. Just because you pick it up doesn't mean you have to share it. Just because you've seen it once doesn't mean you have to become.
overcome it, right? Um, and go down the rabbit hole. But if you observe something and deep within your core, you feel like you need to say something or you need to do something and you need to meet the moment, surrender. You'd be surprised what happens. And that's what it's all about. Okay, so we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with Cindy and we're going to talk away and you're going to learn about her life. So see you, see you in a few. Looking forward to it. Diet Renee, Psychic Medium. All of us have questions about our lives, our loved ones, our futures. Diet Renee is here to help answer those difficult questions. Diet excels at working with spirit and is a certified psychic medium through LWISSD. She is a master teacher and well versed in the spirit world. Look, don't trust just any psychic with your deepest thoughts and worries. Trust Diet Renee as she will deliver her very best for you. General readings, past loved ones, finances, your future. Contact Diet now on her website, dietrene.com. That's dietrene.com. Welcome back. We are introducing medium Cindy Kaza to the show. Cindy has been intuitive. Hey, oh, there hey, you go. what's up, Kelly? Going well. How about you, Cindy? Good. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to introduce you. I want to preface your awesomeness. Welcome. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. So you know this about yourself, but everyone, please. Yes. Cindy has been intuitive since she was young. She found herself in training and developing her gifts the pull. She actively works and tours as a platform medium, paranormal investigator, and teacher, and you can find her on the Travel Channel with shows such as The Holzer Files and Shock Docs. Welcome. Thank Hi. you, Kelly. Hey. Awesome. Gotta give credit where credit's due. So <laughs> how do you find yourself today? What is your latest inspiration? Because, I mean, I look, you know, about your journey, and you're always like, to something I go wow she's doing that now what what do you find yourself coming into within this year within your spiritual development within your mediumship I'm going to dive right into this moment gosh I mean so many things right I think the last couple of years have really been um in like years of diving internally and personal growth and like working through my own stuff and in that journey it's been really interesting because I found that um, my mediumship has actually expanded. The more work I've done on myself, the better my mediumship has become. So it's, it's you know, and when I first started studying mediumship, um, it's not that I wasn't like doing work on myself, but it was just more that I think I was so like, excited about talking to spirits it was you know because you know what i mean it's like i can't even believe this is happening oh my god and i was invested in training and i was traveling the world and i was building my business and and in the process of doing all those things i realized that i really um 
was not taking a whole lot of time for self-care. And then the self-care became a priority. I'd say it was about three and a half years ago. And that's been its own journey, you know? Um, and it's so rewarding. So I'm, I'm in that space. Um, I'm, I'm starting to study um, different like healing methodologies from different cultures, different, you know, uh, people of different walks of faith. Um, it's been really interesting. I'm also really fascinated with the field of plant medicine. So, I mean, I, I talk about that a little bit, <laughs> but I can't talk about it way too much, but I'll just kind of throw that in there. Um, because I think that it's really going to, um, and it already has look at the indigenous peoples have been using it for thousands of years, but it's, it's going to revolutionize the way that we, we treat a lot of different things. So I'm in that space a little bit too. Yeah. The world's changing, we're changing, um, so many different avenues to go. I think like, you know, with our intention with how we develop as a medium or within our spirituality, there's only room for so much at certain times, you know, with how we're externally using our gifts and internally with how right. you know, we're paying attention to ourselves. Well, and it's all a reflection of what's really going on internally. And, you know, what I've started to really believe, and, and I say what I've started to believe, mind you, five years from now, I may have a different perspective. So I can only speak on what I am feeling today. But, um, you know, the way that we encounter the spirit world, the way that we connect to the spirit world is a reflection of where we are with inside ourselves. So if we're personally triggered by certain people in the living spirits are going to trigger us the same way on the other side, which can really get in the way of how, how, who we communicate with on the other side, with how we bring their messages through, with how we treat spirit people. Um, and, and really I've, I've come to believe that the more compassion that we can have for ourselves and other people, even in the living is, is in particular ourselves, the more compassion we can have for ourselves, the more, um, compassion we can have for, the, for people on the other side, because I, I, I don't know how it was for you, but for me, when I really started um, my journey working as a platform medium and doing a lot of readings, I played it so safe. Like I was connecting with, oh, grandma had a heart attack, grandpa had cancer, they, whatever. It felt very safe. Now, I wasn't really saying, um, or and I wasn't even seeing like, oh, I see this man who was murdered, right? Like it was so safe. Um, because I had to become more comfortable with the energies and, and I also had to be, um, unafraid to encounter those energies and I was limited. I would say, I, I can honestly say I was limited in how I was receiving information based on my own fears. Um, and a lot of people don't really understand how mediumship works, right? Like, um, but, but I really believe that we can limit ourselves. And so the more comfortable that we become dealing with, with all of those different scenarios and, and things that like we're, you know, human beings are, they're messy. We're messy creatures. We, we do bad things sometimes. I mean, look at like, oh man, since I've been starting to do paranormal, I've encountered serial killers. I've encountered like all of this stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I would have been ready to, ready to do that at the beginning of the, the journey. I think it would have, I would have been too judgmental or I wouldn't have wanted to have those encounters, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's so much, there's things that I'm learning to be comfortable um, with. Exactly. You have to learn how to be comfortable with these different sides of 
who we are and presenting that information to others because there's so much responsibility behind it. Huge. It's huge. Um, Yes, yes. Because, I mean, you're basically shining the light on a case or you're shining the light on somebody's life with their most precious child or husband or wife or right and it's just there's there's so much i can yeah i don't think most people start with paranormal investigation some people do yeah well yeah i mean i don't know it's like for me it was and i'm so glad that it didn't start that way for me and that i stepped into it later on my journey because by the time that i stepped into doing paranormal investigation i had more tools in my tool belt like i had spent to the went to the arthur finley college i'd gone several times over the course of five years i'd studied a lot in the united states with teachers here i've been to lilydale to all these different places and and you know over the course of probably and i'm I'm still a student of mediumship but i would say probably seven or eight years of really just taking every course that i could get my hands on you know i had learned about psychometry i learned about automatic writing i learned about um you know auras and all of these other things that now remote viewing um so now when I go into a paranormal investigation, I have more tools in my tool belt. So I don't just walk in and just say, spirits, where are you? Which they're oftentimes there, but I can psychometrize the house. I can do a bunch of different things because I have the information, the, the the tools in the tool belt, you know? Yeah. And there's, I mean, that's amazing how you have so many tools because how can I put it? I feel like there's so many different how many different angles of energy to work with, okay? So you can psychometrize the house. You could have um, a psychic link to someone who lives there. Um, you could have residue energy, again, psychic. You could have a mediumship connection. Right. The, the spirit that has passed. And it's like, if I would imagine in a way, if you don't categorize the energy, it could be, well, which way is it coming from? And you have to have those tools really strong. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not always easy to discern between what's a psychic imprint and what's an active haunting. And, you know, over time I've, I've really learned how to better feel the subtleties between the energies. Um, and the other thing that's super important, and I can't stress this enough is, I mean, with in the field of paranormal, a lot of people like to jump to, oh, it's a demon. I'm like, oh, good Lord. Like, no, like 99.999% of the time it is not a demon. But if you are um, unaware of the difference between a spirit who is angry and has unfinished business and something that feels inhuman and demonic, then you're probably going to say demon when it's actually just a spirit who wants to have the story told or a spirit who has unfinished business. And it's just easy. It's an easy way to go to say demon. And it's like, and that's just not good for anyone, you know? Um, so it's, it's yeah. also about like understanding, um, what we're working with energetically and also how to address the spirit world. Because I, I, I tell my students now, like, look, when I encounter, uh, the presence of a spirit that feels angry and that, that people have, you know, told me this spirit is aggressive. Okay. We need to address this and deal with it, but how do we talk to the spirit? And in a way that can help them understand that they don't have to be this way. And I always tell my students, it's talk to them like you would talk to your friends. How would you talk to your friends? Or how would you talk to somebody who was coming to you for help? How would you address them? And it's with compassion, you know? So when I see people like 
yelling at like spirits like you know come on ghosts come fight me like you have the shows where they're like you know yelling at the spirit you know um antagonizing the spirit i'm like oh my gosh what are we doing you know it's just it's funny so there's um, there's a huge responsibility to walking into any any investigation as a medium and as a psychic. The neutrality and yes, the the depth of human compassion because I mean, there's all such sorts of things that have happened on Earth and some people knew better, some people didn't know better, and you don't know who you're talking to. And mm-hmm. so that's that's a question I want to ask. I'm I'm going right in. Um, so one of the things that I think that has made me go, hmm, I wonder about paranormal investigation and I have to spend more time wrapping my head around it is I'm aware of the, I guess, twistedness of human psychology. Right. So that doesn't equal the darkness of the potential universe. Um, but yes, there's the twistedness of human psychology. And if you come across spirits that are not so nice. Um, it could be because they were really not a very good person when they're alive. You, you know, we're talking about murderers or, you know, uh, people who manipulated people, things like that, right? Um, if you were to get a mental link to them, and this is very few times has happened to me, um, I feel the manipulation in my, my head as they're talking to me. And so I go, wow, is this not... A, a great person or is this just really good evidence of who they were while they were here? It's tricky. It's a good question, Kelly. Yeah, yeah. it's a good question. And so it can be both. It can be all of the above. Um, and the other thing that I've really started to um, look at is, you know, human beings, we as human beings, we have many different parts to us. I'm a psychic medium. I'm also a daughter. I'm also uh, you know, a sister, I, I am, uh, somebody's colleague. I wear many masks in different situations. We all do. And there's something in the field of psychology called internal family systems. And so I just reference it because it's, it's an interesting way to kind of look at how we encounter spirits. Um, but basically in internal family systems, um, it addresses the different parts. So for example, when you're showing up to a certain situation, which part of you is showing up? If you're going into a trauma, which part of you is showing up? And can you bring in another part to address that part to create more um, balance in the psyche, right? So that's just kind of a very brief um, overview. But nonetheless, uh, um, where I'm going with it is that if we believe that we as humans have many different parts, which I do, then when I'm going into a paranormal investigation or when anybody is, we're encountering a part of that spirit. It's not the entirety of the spirit. And I believe that we're encountering um, oftentimes a traumatized part of that spirit that wants to be reintegrated with the whole. And so it gives us this opportunity to connect with this traumatized part of the spirit and help reintegrate it into the whole. And the reason I bring this up too is because if you read books like uh, Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani, who if you guys haven't read that book, it's amazing. She has a near-death experience. She comes back and talks about it. She's able to be in several different places simultaneously, her spirit. So... I have to believe that when I'm encountering parts of these spirits, that there are other parts in other different places as well. 
And I'm, I'm encountering a part. And how I'm encountering the part of the spirit is, is directly of a, a reflection of which part of me is showing up for that encounter. Which is why if we are triggered as mediums, if we haven't worked through our own crap, then which part is showing up? And that will directly influence how we engage the part of the spirit. So it just, I'm going really deep into this, but it's just something to think about, right? Because in any given situation, we're co-creating um, the experience with with spirits, with the people around us. We're showing up um, with our parts, right? So I don't know. It's just, I, I go on deep dives internally with these things because it's like, it's, it's just hard to make sense of. I don't think any of us can, com we can't, I'm sure we can't completely comprehend the other side until we get there. And I'm, and it, we try very hard. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like deep thoughts. So, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it because everything you described coincidentally is my current philosophy. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, like I'll reference like, you know, like, oh, we can be in, you know, multiple places at the same. That's so cool. So, so I was like, wow, <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. That's, you know, I'm still collecting and I'm not in that world like you are. So I was like, this is so cool to hear it straight from you. Um, also, something that I want to ask about that, because, all right, now you have my brain going in so many different directions, because, yes, I think that we are potentially providing healing to that environment or that one part of the, the soul that is communicating with you, mm -hmm. you know, maybe there's no healing to be had. Maybe it's just evidence to be had, but you are interacting with one part of that person's soul. Mm -hmm. you know? For many lifetimes they are there. And again, that's a rabbit hole that we can go into if you want, but I'm going to, I'm going to, bring um, us yeah. back to the moment of paranormal investigation for a moment. So when we are with some spirit that is, let's say, tricky, manipulative, um, and you can kind of feel yourself, um, you know, having doubts because they'll put doubts in your head. They will like actually try to, um, how can I put it? Bend how you see things and question things, right? Right. So then, when that comes into play, yes, it's just a mirror of what's happening, and you have to you have to really trust yourself in that moment. Yes, but when you're away from the spirit and you have just time with yourself, how does it make you start to question reality? Experience well, yeah. I mean, then again, it's like the more grounded you can be in in yourself the easier it is to navigate those spaces. And um, people that don't know me or that like have maybe seen me on TV, um, you know, I think that they think that I'm always talking to spirits all day long and I'm just walking around like, on, you know, just in the spirit world. And I'm not, I, I honestly spend more time grounded in this world than I do in the world of spirit, but that's intentional. It's not, I love being in the spirit world. Wow. But it can become escapism. It can become a spiritual bypass. It can become a lot of different things and it can make you super ungrounded. So the more ungrounded that you are, the harder it is to navigate the, the, the investigations that you go into that are where you're dealing with a manipulative spirit. 
when you or you know what I mean? Um, so w the investigation we did uh, was at the Steve Shippey and I did for Scream with Danny Rowling, super manipulative spirit. It made me really uncomfortable, like very uncomfortable. And I didn't like that because I, I tend to think that I'm like, maybe I'm less in control than I think I am, <laughs> you know, but I tend to think that I have a pretty good grasp on what I'm experiencing. And in that particular situation, it was super uncomfortable. But I think because I make it a practice to be grounded in this reality, it was easier for me to overcome, overcome that, you know? Because yeah. I see people go into investigations that are, don't have enough experience. They don't have any training. They they just open themselves up with with just no regard to um, to the potential like mental stuff that could come after. And then they they can't. They're not. They freak out. They can't come back to center. Right. So it's something to think about. It's something for people to be cautious of. If you're a new medium and you want to do paranormal investigations, amazing, good. But I guess I'm training. You have to know grounding. You have to know boundaries. You have to know how to ground yourself afterwards for sure. And trust ourselves because sometimes we'll need to feel things that the victims felt. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And we have to feel that vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And it can, be, it can be fragmenting. I mean, it really can be fragmenting for people because yeah. then they can't discern between what's theirs and what's from the investigation. And then things become a roller coaster and then they can't manage their emotions. And it's like, right. So I tell everybody, if you want to get into the field of psychic mediumship, get a mentor and study. You know, some people... Um, like to and look the spirit world is a great teacher so i'm not saying that the spirit world can't teach you a lot of things i'm not saying that but th there are some people who wear it as kind of a badge of honor like i've never trained with anybody i don't need a, anybody to train with the spirit world taught me anything it's like an ego thing right and I, it's like okay great <laughs> but like for most of us, and I would say even for those people, having some training it, it would be is beneficial, right? So, mm -hmm. it's different schools of thought. It's different perspectives. Mm -hmm. You know, not you don't. Sometimes we don't even have to agree with the perspective at hand. We go, oh, you, but you see it like that, and I understand now a different way, right? right? Or I understand the importance of that, even though I don't have curiosity in that person. I, yeah, it's so, so important. And it's just, um, I, I do think, um, you know, paranormal investigation sometimes has more of a heaviness with it. And that's why you have to have um, more responsibility and understanding behind it. But again, that's just my perspective, just one perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, another thing I'd like to ask, like regarding is like with, again, we're really in the paranormal. Um, there's been times where let's say I'm in touch with a case, right? But I go, Hmm, this is so odd that I could be in the perspective of individual who was there rather than what had happened. Oh, right. 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 And so, and this is when we get into the really paranormal stuff, like when you wonder if it's not a human, right? because you're in someone's fear and you're, you're, you're in what they saw. 
Um, there's that. Or sometimes you just see really odd things and you're like, is that even possible? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, go, go ahead. I'll no, I was just, I'm just taking it in because right. It's like, there are many different ways that you can experience like what happens at a location. And one of the ways is to be looking through the eyes of a person who was there. You could be looking through the eyes of a killer. You could be looking through the eyes of a person who was an experiencer of the paranormal activity. I mean, there are so many different things that could be happening for sure. Um, but when, when you embody those feelings and those emotions and that fear, it can feel like something inhuman. It, it, and that's where it, it's important to be able to sit in that space and not let fear take you over to the point where your um, ability to kind of navigate the field becomes, um, you know, affected, right? Because in that fear space, it's so easy to, and I've been afraid, like I've walked out of rooms, I've, right? So I'm not exempt from this these situations, but it hindsight is twenty twenty, and so it's like the more investigations that I do, and the more I can sit in the fear and 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 the the spaces that feel really uncomfortable in a more neutral way, as more of an objective observer, the better my investigations will be. Right? Um, being an objective observer and neutral is super difficult, especially if you're dealing with a case that's. I mean, most cases are emotional, but when you've got like children that have been hurt and things like that. It is so difficult, you know? Um, and sometimes it can feel a little bit, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, technical is not the right word. I guess maybe it's like when you're going in as, as a neutral and an objective observer, it can feel like you're lacking empathy. It can feel like you're yeah. lacking emotion in, in places where you actually would be nice to use it. But we have to be able to um, compartmentalize those things to be good at what we do so we don't become overtaken by emotion. Yeah, it can feel a little cold sometimes, but right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to make sure your temperature is right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Um. Okay, so with all of this and, you know, being grounded and just sizing up the situation, being neutral, um, is there, I guess, some experiences where you're like, wow, I've never seen that before, even though I'm, I'm bringing a, a form of logic into this. And, and, you know, I'm sizing this situation up, but that's like very unusual, very, very unusual. And of all the cultures that you've um, you know, learned from with their different spirits and philosophies have you seen things manifest in a way where you're like that's not quite human yes i have um and it's still so um fun to talk about this because i've been saying this a lot lately especially at my live events where i do a q a and and people always ask about religion and all this stuff and how we receive the spirit worlds and i am now a, a firm believer that we will experience the spirit world based on how we've been social socialized. So if you grow up in a Judeo-Christian country or Christianity is the dominant religion, and that's, you know what I mean? Um, you're likely going to experience things attached to that belief system, right? Um, because that's how you'll experience the other side. 
uh, when I started traveling to Indonesia and spending a lot of time there, um, Indonesia is Muslim majority co country. I worked with a lot of healers over there and they believe in these creatures called jinn, which also exist in another realm, right? But I couldn't see them because I didn't have a reference to them. I didn't know, I'm like, what, you know? And, and so um, the more time I started spending over there, uh, I would be tapping into things with my friends in Indonesia that were also mediums. And they would show me, um, they would say, look over here and tell me what you see. And, and because I just allowed myself to be open to all of the possibilities, I would start describing what I was seeing. And they're like, that's a gin and it's this type of gin. Here's a picture of it. It's, it, it was correct. Right. So prior to having even any understanding of like what gin even were, I would not have been able to do that, if that makes sense. Right. Like I wouldn't have been able to, to do that at all. So there's something about um, but there's a, it has a lot to do with what's in your awareness. So I tell people, if you want to be the best psychic medium you can be, you need to start studying other cultures, religions, understanding the, the potential because there's so much potential. And it's really easy for us to become really kind of centered in our and believing that our belief system is the only way that the spirit world exists. And that's not correct. At least I don't believe that that's correct. You know? Oh. And, th and there's yeah. a lot of history behind some of these spirits or these energies. Um, I've, I've never seen a jinn. I've never, but I'm very curious about other, you know, spirits, but, you know, the reference in the Quran, it, it, you know, it's a cornerstone of belief for people. Mm -hmm. It is right. And, and, and in other religions, there are other types of entities and spirits. Right. And so, I mean, I think it's super important for us to have uh, an understanding of of the different ways in which people interpret the spirit world because we can be better uh, mediums. We're more effective. We have a deeper understanding and we don't limit ourselves. You know, we don't limit ourselves to the potential of what's over there. Um, I did an interview with my friend Cameron Pasha. Uh, I was doing a lot of Zoom interviews um, during COVID and he's uh he practices sufism and and Su sufism is the mystical side of the, the islamic religion but he was telling a story and i'm sharing this uh because i think it's interesting so um he was telling me the story about how there was um a family where this this boy the family believed that the boy was possessed and yep so the the family um, is a Muslim family and their son was possessed and they didn't know what to do. This is in somewhere in California. They didn't know what to do. And somebody said, well, you need to call a priest. Now, obviously priests are Catholic, right? So, so, but they, they're like, we need to help our son. So they call the priest. The priest comes in and is saying all of the prayers in Latin that they would say the two, you know, for exorcisms or whatever. And so the boy is not getting, not getting better. The, and, and, I wish he were here to tell the story because I'm probably not doing it very much justice. But, you know, long story short, the entity that was in the boy said something like, you know, um, your prayers aren't going to work because um, it's not, it's like you're not I'm a jinn or something like that. So they wound up having to call somebody, an imam to come in and do the, the correct prayers um, in Arabic. Right. But it's just. It's, it's interesting to me because in our culture, right, we associate exorcisms with Catholics, like to, the, the Catholics do the exorcisms most of the time. And 
the family first went to a Catholic instead of going to an imam, somebody in their own religion to exercise the spirit out of this child. Wow. Do you see what I mean? So it's like, so it's, it's really, I mean, and if you, obviously if you were in an Islamic country, you would have made a different decision. It would have been first to go with, with the, you know, the elder and, in, in or the Imam in the Islamic religion. Right. You just bypass certain things. Cause you're like, this is what we do. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. So gosh, um, how did that story end? Apparently the boy is fine. So, but this is like true, true stories. I wish you should, you should have Cameron on your, on your uh, podcast. I'm going to give you his, his number. He's fascinating. He'd be good for, good um, one for you. I would love to dive into yeah. about all that as well. So absolutely. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm like stories, stories, give me all the stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you believe as well uh, in like earth spirits? Um, you know, we're talking about different views of thought. And in Ireland, like, a lot of people, they believe in fairies. I've never seen a fairy. Yeah. No, I believe in all. Like, I'm open to all of it. I'm open to elementals, fairies, whatever. I'm open to all of it, you know? Um, because has it ever I, been <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, has there ever been a case of an elemental that you've come across? Yes. Yes. No, I've seen elementals before more than one occasion. I've seen them. When we were filming Holzer Files. I saw elementals. I saw tr tree elementals. Like it didn't make it into the episode. There was an episode that we filmed in season two. And I was like, no, there's a tree elemental like this. It's 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 because what had happened is the the people who had built this house, they chopped down all of these trees like in the surrounding forest. I believe it was on at the time um, that the land was still in Native American control, which look, everything is Native American land. So let's just get that out of the way. But like at the point being, it was like this protective tree spirit, this tree elemental. And the family had been having all of these troubles in the house. It like burned down. All these things just kept going wrong. And I was like, it's an elemental. It's, an, it's a tree elemental. But because most people in our culture don't understand elementals or gin or whatever, it, it didn't make the cut. And it's super frustrating right as somebody in the fields who's coming in and saying this is what i see and it's like well doesn't nobody's going to understand what you're talking about you know so like it's just that's what we're working with sometimes you know so i wish that we you know there was a space and and, and there is it's not like there isn't completely it's not like the space is completely closed off but it's like i wish that there were a bigger space for um things like that where people could start learning more about about elementals and gin and whatever else you know um because a lot of times things are catered again catered to what makes sense in our culture right yeah and uh it's like where do we begin with that because it is a consciousness um, a different form of consciousness um, elementals gin uh spirit communication it, it, it's it's different and so gosh yeah um that I, I've never seen a class really cover that. You know? Right. It's just kind of like word of mouth, word of stories. Um, yeah. How do you, when you've um, connected to elementals, how do you feel that their energy um, is when you communicate? Is it very different? Is it very similar? Um, how do you feel about it? 
It's different. It's the energetica is different. It's super powerful. It's very wise. That's my experience. They can also be tricksters though, too. So it's like, you know, um, it's super interesting, but yeah, it, it's, it's something that I would like to spend a lot more time exploring. Um, but again, I don't really like you know, where's the class on elementals, elemental spirits. So maybe that's something that we both need to start looking into. Yeah, you could have just go out with a group and go, all right, we got everyone's back. Let's see what happens. Right, right. Um, I guess when you're um, dealing with the unknown, and I guess if something's rather intense, what kind of protection do you bring? Ooh, protection. So I always say I don't walk into any um, any case with, in fear, like in the coming from the place of fear. Uh, I believe that, um, I believe in God, like, 100% believe in a greater power. Um, and I tend to think that I'm naturally protected. That could be naive, but this is the space that I like to live in. Um, what do I do after an investigation? I think is even more important about getting grounded. I'm a huge Epsom salt bath taker. Um, huge. It's, it's almost every night I'm in the bathtub. So that to me is super grounding. But again, it's not just about what do I do after an investigation? It's what do I do on a daily basis to stay grounded and to, to do self-care? And that includes trying to eat healthy. It includes sleeping. It includes whatever mindfulness practices that like I might have or somebody else might have, like all, all of these things that we do on a daily basis also prepare us for being able to manage the energies that we encounter when doing paranormal investigations and readings for people. So it's not just a one-off. It has to be daily practice. Absolutely. I think we become hyper aware of what's not supposed to be mm -hmm. with us and we're constantly like shedding, right? Mm -hmm. And constantly coming back to neutrality and that's involves food sleep um you know how we cleanse ourselves um yeah like water is a huge thing mm -hmm. you know I, i'm like shower salts right yeah no it's great and i also too i have somebody that i go to to do energy clearings on me so i need to make a point to say that um we can't do it all by ourselves we all need help you know, on this journey. So I have people that do energy work on me. I get body work, things like that. Um, even, you know, with as long as I've been doing this and um, even with all the experience that I have, I still need people to also help me. And that's okay. I'm not too proud to say, yes, please like clear this crap out of my energy field. I can't do it all by myself. So I think that, um, you know, I would encourage everybody to try to find people to work with them, even if it's acupuncture, things like that, to keep the energy moving through the system in the right way. So it doesn't accumulate in areas of the body that can create pain, it can create emotional distress, your chakras can become affected. Um, I know a lot of mediums, including myself, um, thyroid issues, endocrine issues. Um, it's like, we got to be careful because we don't fully understand how the energy is affecting us. Yeah. I think it takes a little bit of a stress load on the body. Words, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> the hormones and everything. Absolutely. Um, yeah. There's, there's crossovers um, that I notice with individuals. I go, Hey, like, how are you doing? And I, you know, I hear from them. Um, how about, too, as well, I wanted to ask about the angelic realm because, you know, 
they're a protective realm, they're a different type of energy too. Um, have you come across the angelic realm on paranormal occasions? Yeah, no, I have. I've come across the angelic realm too, even in my automatic writing. Um, they mean business. That's the thing is like, good angels are great, but they are, they mean business. So when people are like love, light, unicorns and rainbows, I'm like, mm, yes, with angels, but also they mean business, you know? So they, they're like, if they're telling you something, it's serious, <laughs> you know? Um, Cause it, they, right. So I've had that experience with them too. It's, it's super interesting. Um, but, but I, uh, through automatic writing, really have been able to to really learn the energetic difference between um like our loved ones on the other side the angelic realm um spirit guides it, it's you can feel the vi vibrational difference it's really fascinating and i i think i could probably do it if i sat in meditation long enough but for me with my like add and the way that my brain works it's like much easier for me to have a pen moving on paper and just to be automatic writing because it's it just keeps me in the space longer yeah that focus is helpful i hear you um okay i i just there's so much yeah i mean like my brain is like whoa right as you're talking it's very exciting um i want to know then you know the beginning of your story we're Ooh. at like smack dab now, but I want to crank it, you know, to the beginning of how you, you know, first had experiences and also then how you're like, I have to do this. Yeah. Okay. So the first experience that I remember having, and I stress like remember, because it's not to say that I wasn't having things happening before. Uh, I think that I probably was, but it was at age 10. Um, there was a girl who died in my elementary school in a tragic car accident. And after she died, I woke up and she was standing directly next to my bed, like a per like full body apparition. And I pulled the covers over my head and I pulled them back and she was still standing there. And that was terrifying for a 10 year old. I didn't even know what was happening. I just knew that something happened and I was like, what is going on? And, um, but then who do you talk to about that? I grew up in a religious family. Um, it just, that's this, and I didn't even understand what had happened, but I never, never forgot that moment. That was not a dream, right? Like we know with visitation dreams, you don't forget it first. You remember every single thing about it. So, um, even after that, like super intuitive kid, I could see when things are going to happen before they did. I, I read people very well. Um, also, I could feel the presence of what I now know spirits. Like I could feel them close to my chest. I had a lot of in, around second and third grade, a lot of different things happening. And then, um, and this is just part of my personal story. Like at age 15, 16, like being in high school, uh, super difficult because I'm an empath. So just not being able to really understand what's my emotions, what's somebody else's emotions, also being super psychic and having a connection to the spirit world, but having nowhere to go to even learn how to navigate any of that or, and I didn't even have an understanding of it. So, um, so, you know, I was one of the cases where self-medication was like, wow, thank God. Like, you know, so I had to quit drinking very young. I started drinking kind of young and then I quit very young because um, it was just, I was going nowhere good down that path. But I realized now, like I was, I, I didn't understand my sensitivity. It was too much. And so it wasn't until I like stopped drinking 
um, and you know, thank you, God, uh, at age 23, I'm so lucky that um, I could start to address my intuition. But it wasn't until um, like age 26, 25, 26, that um, I really started to dive into it more. Now, mind you, at age 19, I met my first mentor. Her name was Bonnie. And I was still drinking at the time. But she knew, she saw my ability in me and she told me, she's like, you are psychic, you're a psychic. And she would try to sit with me and teach me things that I was just like, whatever lady. And I was partying too much, you know? And, um, but we remained friends for a long time. She passed away in 2011. Um, I think that's about right. I think it was 2000, yes, 2011, she passed away. Um, but um, she was in my life and, until then. And one of my, she was my first mentor. So, um, you know, that was really important. She was an important person in my life. Um, but I'd say like, when did I decide like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to make this a, a career. It didn't happen until my, my late 20s. Where, and when I knew like, okay, I can't, I can't push this the way I was already studying. I was already doing readings for people. It was very small. Um, but I think it's that I just like realized like, this is what I need to do, what I want to do with my life. And from there, it just became a process of, of study, 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 study. And then there's also a business aspect of it. A lot of people don't want to talk about the fact that this, right. Um, it's a spiritual thing, but if you want to make a living doing it, you have to be able to navigate that space too. So there are all these different things that had to kind of fall into place, but it wasn't easy. And, and I worked my butt off. I mean, I spent seven years living out of a suitcase doing platform mediumship. I mean, wow. You know, so for, for all of you, like, it's just, it was a lot. Like I'm even, I'm tired even thinking about it. I didn't realize how tired I was until COVID happened. And then I was forced to slow down and I was like, I haven't slowed down in years, you know, but it was a process. Sorry. That was a little bit of a tangent, but it was definitely a process. And I make it a point to, to talk about because people see people on TV and they think like, Oh, look, like that must've been easy to get there. It's like, no, it was not easy to get there. <laughs> it, was a, it was a lot of work. Oh my gosh. And a lot of sacrifice and a lot of, um, you know, not spending time with my loved ones, which, you know, I look back now, I'm like, wow, all of these years have gone by. And I was so hyper-focused in my career that I forgot to, to, my priorities were out of balance. And so now at 41, I'm like, Ooh, time to get these priorities back in balance. Like what, what am I looking to do now? And it's a different space to be in. That, and so I'm grateful for the perspective. Yeah. No, I love tangents, tangent away. Um, yeah, there, there's so much. And I, there's so many different hats you have to wear if you want to be a professional, you know? Like, my gosh, I can only imagine, um, you know, because you're actually touring. That's a complete other angle, right? So you have to book shows. Like, I can only imagine, like, getting a manager or, like, you know, publicity, right? It's just because people have to find you, you know? It's just mm -hmm. like a job. Like, you have to make sure you're working. Um, well, and I think too, like, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to say this, like with booking shows and management and TV and all the things, right? Um, it's really important for like those of us in the public eye to be constantly like really 
putting, keeping ourselves in check about like, what, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? What's our relationship to the spirit world, to ourselves? Like I am constantly keeping myself in check and, and, and really like lately being like, what are my priorities? Right. Because it's very easy to be like swept away in this world of TV and all the things. Um, and that's, that's, it can be like, look, I am so grateful for all the work and I love my job, but it can be an un, unhealthy path if you don't know how to navigate it um, because that's not what it's all about. Like when I first stepped into this work, it's like I was just was so in love with the spirit world and I am like working with people and I always have to bring myself back to like, why am I doing this? Why am I, do, what, what are my intentions? And so um, anybody out there that's like interested in doing TV, amazing or, or working professionally, but we're responsible uh, to, uh, for ourselves and to keep ourselves in check for sure. For sure. I think it's just, it's, it's something to highlight because of course it's, you know, if you're stepping out and being in the public as a representative for spirit, as a representative for quality work, uh, for your industry, for your field, like that's something to be respected because it takes a lot of hard work. Um, it's, I would say, and this is why I'm highlighting it. it if you're, living a spiritual life and you're understanding about your energy constantly and you're evolving and you're helping others, that's already a tremendous load within itself To So to additionally step up, not only with the business side, but also on a public platform. Um, yeah. I just want to give you kudos. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of hard work. Yeah, it is. And it's like, but I love it. So it's like, I go on these tangents and, but, but at the end of the day, I love it. Like I love it so much. And that's the only reason I'm still doing it, you know, because it's not easy. It's heavy. It can be all of the things, but it's super rewarding. Um, people ask me sometimes, like, is being a psychic medium a gift or a curse? I'm like, it's a gift. It, I don't ever look at it as a curse ever. Uh, I'm so grateful um, that I get to, like, spend my life doing what I love. And um, also part of our jobs, too, Kelly, right, is to tell other people about their – open other people up to their own potential to experiencing the spirit world. Um, and because everybody has the ability to have an experience. And I know you've heard me say this before. I say it at all my live events. But, like, I always say everyone can play the piano. Not everybody's going to be a concert pianist. But it's, like, our jobs to open people up and – my friend Jennifer Schaefer, who is like a really good psychic medium too, she said um, once, and I love what she said. She said, our jobs as mediums are done when nobody has to come see us anymore because everyone's having their own experience. And I was like, exactly, exactly. I yes. love Jennifer. She's such like yeah. maternal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And no, seriously, we are helping each other open up. And we are in a place within our lives, I think, every moment, if we're conscious enough to go, well, okay, what's next? What's Okay, I'm doing it a different way. I'm seeing it a different way. And I believe, not everyone believes this, but I do believe we all have the potential to be mediums. Like, I, I just mm -hmm. think like, we're all born with the ability. It's just, again, about how curious you are in it, right? What do you want to do with it? And, like, mediumship is just, I think, an energy stream of consciousness with the spirit world and you know i believe that we come from spirit before we're in a human body right yeah, yeah. so we're just connected no. to what was before us so it has an internal eternal element so there's something just um of truth within that eternal and that's why it's so yes exactly 
we're all connected. There's really no separation. I mean, we experience separation to get, you know, whatever lessons out that we have to get out in this space, but it's all, it's all connected. And I just want to say, I was like looking over to the side, like I, because people are writing some questions. So I was like, re, I, I hope you, like I wasn't trying to like, I don't want you to think I was like texting people. I was like, Oh, I'm reading the chat. So I just want to say, um, to everybody who's been writing, hi, I'm sorry, we haven't gotten to some of the questions. I saw some some chat questions coming up. Um, but somebody did ask. Yeah, does anybody have any questions? There's some wonderful comments. Some people were talking about your artwork. They love your artwork. Oh, um, thank you. That, thank you so much. Yes. Oh, someone asked about your dog. <laughs> oh, Kiki. Yeah, so I had this side note. I adopted, I rescued this chihuahua a few years ago named kiki from the humane society they told me she was five but she was like 10 um and she was like oh my god that dog was the love of my life but she like bit everybody except me <laughs> so she was super vicious chihuahua i loved her though she was great with me but anyway she um she was going blind and i didn't know what was going on so she was like really biting a lot of people and I couldn't travel travel with her and she was having some hard stuff. So I had to rehome her, but she is in the best home. She's so loved. She's completely blind now, but I still like um, pay her medical bills. I'm like her sponsor, you know, um, she's alive and doing as well as she could be for like a 13 year old dog. Um, she's great. So thank you for asking about Kiki. Yeah. Aww. Wow. I didn't even know about that. So people are um, asking about your classes too. I'm just taking all the questions yeah. I said. these classes. Um, please share with what you have going on with that. Yeah. So I teach a lot of mediumship nowadays. Most of my classes are held on Zoom, which I actually really love because you can, there's, I do three hour workshops, usually on a Saturday or Sunday. Um, but it's super fun because you can just be in the comfort of your own home drinking coffee. We do, I teach mediumship. I do psychometry. I do beginners. I do advanced. So if you look at my social media, um, it's on, you know, I post all my classes on Facebook. I'm teaching another course on May. Hold on. Let me just pull this up. I, I don't even know what it is. It's May 9th, I think. Um, no, sorry. Saturday, May 7th uh, at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's workshop for beginners part two. So a lot of people have taken part one. This is part two. Um you don't have to have taken part one to take part two, but if you have experience, so I wouldn't like, if you're, if you've take, taken classes with me before you can take part two, but if you have no experience, wait until I do part one again. That spirit's calling you to come guys. I know. So. I was like, what's going on? I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> right. It happens for a reason. Um, <laughs> someone is also asking Tom, um, how do you get the spirits not to talk when you need quiet time? Boundaries. I'm like, close for business. Come back later. I'm super tired. No, I can't do it. You know what I mean? It's like I have to really set boundaries. Although, you know, I find and I think other mediums have this experience too. When I'm in like a meditative state unintentionally, when I say that, I mean, like when you're doing the dishes and you start to zone out and you don't mean to, they can come in at that that spot too. Or, um, you know, whatever. So there are times where I can't fully um, control. I mean, I mostly have control, but in spaces like that, they can enter. And I just have to tell them like close your business, you know, not today. 
because it is it's super important it's super important to have boundaries with the spirit world oh my gosh it is sometimes like when i'm cooking i can feel someone around and i go hi and then like that's about it like you know it's like you can laugh and like that's cool but you're like okay i'm gonna keep cooking right yeah 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 and it's like you have to be able to to be grounded somebody just asked what's the difference between psychic and mediumship Mm -hmm. this is an excellent question a lot of people don't know that there is a difference right so psychics when somebody says i'm a psychic what they are saying is i pick up on past present and future if you went to somebody for a psychic reading you should expect them to be able to talk about your past your present and your future mediums communicate with spirits and other realms other spaces um so all mediums are psychic not all psychics have the same level of mediumistic ability Um, You can have somebody that's like a phenomenal psychic and not a great medium. It doesn't make one better than the other. Both are super useful. Uh, I think I'm a better medium than I am psychic personally, Um, you know, but then, I mean, I know people that are really split both. Like just, so it just depends. It just depends. It just depends. It really does. I mean, I'll say it. I think I'm a better psychic than I'm a medium, but my mediumship builds my Right, my, right, my, right. Now, if you're, if you're giving psychic readings, you're bringing in the mediumistic link. It's going to help a lot. It needs to happen. So, um, yes, like they play off yeah, each yeah. other, but they're very separate, right, yeah. with what can they can have done. How do you feel about, um, so some uh, psychics um, tune into the future. How do you feel about that free will versus, um, I guess? Yeah, no, I mean, it's tricky. It's tricky because, I mean, yeah, psychics can nail things that happen in the future. Just absolutely nail it, you know, like, um, so it, it, but do I think people have free will? Yes. You know, uh, it is a tough one. And when doing psychic readings, I'm always like, oof, when you're telling somebody about the future, you're also planting a seed. And then it's like, is the person creating that based on the seed that you just planted? But I want to tell you like a story that's, that is... In this, I don't even know if this was psychic or mediumistic, which is where, like, for me, it's difficult because when I'm doing live events, I'm communicating with spirits and then I get information about somebody's future. And it, did it come from the spirit or is it psychic? You know, I tend to think it, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. But the point being was that, like, I went to this guy in the audience and I was like, Hey, you're going to have another kid. And the guy was so pissed. He was like, whatever lady, you're, you're full of crap. I was like, Oh geez. Okay. And so I was like, ouch, you know, I guess I got that one wrong. And so, um, then like, I'm not kidding. It was like a year and a half later that, cause I do events in the same cities. I've been doing them for years. So I go back to the same city and the guy, um, he came up to me with his mom. He was at the event with his mom and he's like, I just really want to apologize to you about how rude I was to you at the la- the last time you were here because you told me I was going to have another kid. And he's like, I thought you were full of crap because I literally had a vasectomy scheduled for the following week. But he said, my wife was already pregnant and we just didn't know it yet. So, so like, right. <laughs> but it's like, That's stuff, like stuff like that is like, it's not even in his awareness, like really in his awareness. He's like, I'm getting a vasectomy. Like there's no way, you know? Um, but it, he, he was already, they were already pregnant. So I don't know. There's stories like that, that, you know, I could tell a lot of stories like that, but it's, 
it is tricky and I'm very mindful with psychic readings. And I always tell my students, like, if you're going to tell somebody that you're seeing about their future, you better empower them and tell them that there's free will, nothing set in stone. The future is fluid because otherwise you're taking their power away. And that's totally inappropriate. And what if you're wrong? And I, you know, so yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, here, this is just, you know, my point of view, you really have to embrace being wrong. You really have to embrace being some teachers, they're, they're like, you know, use languaging to build confidence, like, you know, structure where, you know, the person like is going to feel your confidence. And it's just like, it's their life. It's their future. Like, I have no problem apologizing or just saying like, hey, I feel this. I could be 100% wrong, but I feel mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, right. It's their future. 100%. I love how you yeah. say that. Um, okay, someone is asking as we we um, come to a close. Um, they're asking about a mentorship opportunities. Um, yes, what a great question. So. Um, Yes, I will be offering mentorship opportunities. I don't know when. This is what's so tricky about my schedule. It is so hard for me to lock things in that that would be over a long period of time. During COVID, I did do a six-month mentorship. I loved it. I had students with me for six months. It was so great. Um, and I was going to continue it on for another six months, but then things happened with work and life, whatever. So. I guess what I would say to that is just um, stay on top of like what I'm posting on Facebook for courses, um, because when I do do another mentorship, I will be posting it on social media and I am hoping to do another six month mentorship. I'm really hoping to. I just don't know when yet. Yeah. Awesome. So people are saying thank you. They're saying hello from uh, North Carolina. You were there for a little bit, right? Did you live there for a little bit? North Carolina? No, Tennessee, Tennessee. Oh yeah, the music section <laughs> medium. That's right, that's right. I, why was I thinking North Carolina? Okay, so Tennessee, you were in the area. You were in the area. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Oh, and one final question. Um, Tom is asking, Cindy, when are you doing a paranormal show? How do you feel about moving a spirit into the light? Oh, it's, it's oh. a little bit of question but here we go right yeah so i never take responsibility for moving a spirit into the light um that's between the spirit and god whatever you want to call the greater being whatever your languaging is around that um the, the spirit soul has to be willing to move to the next layer level and mind you, I say this, and this is where words are tricky because we don't have the right words in this dimension. Like time and space on the other side are not what they are here. So when I say level layer, I'm creating a space, whatever. It's just the best way I can do it. But they have to be willing. What we can do as mediums is communicate with them and try to help them by showing compassion and telling them there's a different way, but can you force a spirit to go to the next level or layer? And my belief is no, you cannot force it. You know, I've heard, I've heard a lot of mediums say, I crossed that spirit over. And when mediums say that, you're actually um, not acknowledging the courage that it took the spirit to move on to because they had to be willing to go there as well. So I'm... Um, I, I, I'm of the belief that it is not my place to take responsibility for do, doing that. It's it's their choice. Yeah. 
And I like the philosophy um, you're talking about with Anita Morjani of how we have, you know, multiple lifetimes. It's mm-hmm. like uh, that part of that soul that's present, um, that's just one part of their life. There are many mm-hmm. lifetimes. Yeah. You know? So it's like a part of them is possibly somewhere else. Right. It's, so we start thinking larger maybe than just what happened in one lifetime. Yeah. It's important. Who, yeah. Who potentially we are talking to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, excellent. Okay. So uh, there's more hellos and uh, a lot of love. People are coming in to give love to Cindy. And I, I want to share Thank my you, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Um, yeah. Cindy, thanks for having me, Kelly. Where can people find you yes, if you they can- want to yeah, you can find me on Facebook, um, Medium Cindy Kaza, Cindy Kaza, Instagram, Twitter. I'm pretty active on social media. It's where I post my um, my classes and my live events. My website is cindykaza.com. You can also find a list of all my live events there as well. I'm doing a lot of touring. Yes, I'll be in Reno. Michelle wrote, I'm looking forward to meeting you in Reno. Yes, I'm going to be doing a live event in Reno on April 29th. So there's still tickets available. And to to see my full list of live events, cindykaza.com. So thanks, Kelly. It was awesome to be to be on your show. Thank you so much, Cindy. Um, I'm wishing you a fantastic rest of your week to you and everyone listening. Um, so please go with love, luck, light. Have an awesome day, everybody. Take care. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.